0: Thanks for tuning in. This episode was originally recorded for YouTube, so some references might be lost on listeners. To get the full experience and to view current episodes, go to youtube.com forward slash at Rob Talks Beer. That's youtube.com forward slash the at symbol Rob Talks Beer. All right, let's go to the episode. Welcome to Rob from the Internet Talks About Beer. I'm sure we discuss different styles of beer, beer history, beer flavor profiles. We give shout outs to breweries we think make exceptional beer and we talk about whatever else comes to mind during the course of the conversation. I'm Rob and if you appreciate this style of entertainment that I'm putting out there, a little bit of education, a little bit of bullshit, you know, I'd appreciate it if you'd like the video, maybe subscribe to the channel or tell your friends. We've all got friends that need to know more about beer because, you know, beer is a great subject. All right. Uh, without further ado, let's get started. Today, I am joined by guests from the Drep and Stone podcast. So, if you would, fellas, tell me a little bit about yourselves, uh, how you got into craft beer or beer in general, and what you do when you're not talking to people like me about beer. <laughs> uh, and also, I, who's Drep and who's Stone?
1: <laughs> uh, actually, we're still trying to figure that out. <laughs> um, so maybe, maybe we'll actually figure it out in this episode. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm nick uh stone of dreppin stone and i'm kyle
2: i am the drip of stone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh the, the name comes from kind of a, a portmanteau if you will of our our last names. um you know like i'm sure that y- you found as you kind of um look up things in terms of podcasts and and try to name something um a lot of things are taken so for us we just went with our names and kind of versions of that and that's uh kind of how we came up with it.
2: Yeah. We wanted something unique that would, you know, separate us from the, the huge variety of uh drinking cliched names that was already <laughs> out there and want to try to find something original. And the we had already had like an inside joke about Drip and Stone anyway, so we just decided to go with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Nice.
2: Uh, so
1: you said in terms of uh, our craft beer um, relationship, right? Well, yeah,
0: your craft beer or beer beer experience. How, how was it? You, how is it you guys got involved in the world of beer?
1: Um, I opened a can. I poured it. <laughs> <into> it. <Yeah. laughs> no, and,
0: and, amazing! I know, it's amazing! It's Never heard
1: that. One. Yeah, yeah that's I know. That's, super yeah, I mean, you can also like they they have these like metal spigots. No way! Yeah, you can get those too. Crazy. Right? <laughs> um, so, For me, my um, introduction into craft beer and into the, you know, the the possibilities of the beer world um, really started in a college religion class. (laughs) uh, (laughs) How apropos. Yeah, the the professor who actually um, went to Colorado and uh, was working for a bunch of different breweries out in Denver, Um, he was was teaching this kind of uh, popular culture religion class, and he just kind of mentioned offhand, like. And on the side as a hobby, I brew beer. I was like, "You do what? Like people can do that? People can brew beer themselves?" <laughs> um, so afterwards, I you know I went up and I talked to him and I was like, uh, "Tell me more." So he kind of walked me through his whole setup. He talked about um, home brewing and, and talked about um, he brew a, a habanero beer. And this was you know this was 15 years ago before you know a lot of that stuff is kind of commonplace now, and I just it just blew my yeah. mind. Um, and that's how. I really started like I started homebrewing myself. I started getting into craft beer and um, have, haven't looked back since. And it's, it's been a, a an interesting nice. ride over the last. I mean, how many different styles have we? The collective has shifted to uh, to really liking. Um, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, for me personally, it's it's way more of a, a cliche kind of generic story of um, it was just a just a social uh, thing to do, and you you you'd go to parties in college and like, this is just what people do? All right, we'll do that. Um, But as you get older and you get more experience into it and you get more interested into the styles and the the characters of different types of beers and things like that, it just became more of a a fascination um, that was interesting to get into.
0: Uh, And do you brew as well?
2: I do not, but I do drink Nick's brews. (laughs) so I'm I'm happy to taste uh, test. (laughs)
0: Everyone's gotta have that friend who doesn't brew but likes to drink it. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, it's 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 nice that I could be like, Okay, so uh I brewed something, here you go. And I trust Kyle enough to be like, Nope, that's <laughs> not it. Or like, hey, you got something here, all <laughs> right. <laughs> and sometimes it's like, wow, yeah. this is actually fantastic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, I might actually pay money for this.
1: <laughs> By the way, you still owe me about twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: okay <laughs> well excellent excellent well today we are talking about easy drinking beers so that's uh I mean for me uh, Personally, that's anything under nine percent. But hey, uh, we're we're gonna go with uh, today. I'm going to be drinking. I've got two beers uh, because I tend to drink uh, fairly quickly because my little sound booth here gets really hot, so I have to keep myself hydrated because otherwise I, I I roast like a pig. Um, so I I have I have uh, two different uh, styles within the same family. I am um, going to be drinking. Uh, the first one is going to be. Chernigivsky, which is a Ukrainian beer, um, it's currently being brewed. Uh, they're they're owned by AB Inbev, Inbev, like everybody else on the planet. So it's being brewed all over the world by different uh, AB Inbev-owned breweries, and all the uh, the gross proceeds from the sales of it are going to uh, Ukrainian uh, relief fund. Oh, so uh, that's the first one I've got. And then the second one that I'll be uh, I'll be imbibing in uh, is is a, a, a local uh, from a brewery called Clifford. It's at their Czech style lager.
1: Very nice. Nice.
0: Both easy drinking. Both come in at about four point eight percent. So you know. What about you guys? What are you going to be having?
2: We're going to be hopping into the Italian favorite Peroni. It's a hey. uh, a, a, a a absolute favorite on the podcast. Um, we we've actually done uh, several stories about the <laughs> the the easy drinkingness of the Peroni. Um, we absolutely love it.
0: Yeah. Awesome, nothing uh, nothing uh, wrong with that. I mean,
1: I was gonna say Peroni comes in at five uh, percent, so that's in, in our books. I think that's pretty easy drinking. And I mean, you said anything less than nine, so in that case, fits the bill. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, quite a, yeah. Quite I mean, a large well... catalog there that you can. <laughs> Yes. Well, you know, the, the there's a there's an ongoing uh, mock argument in my household that uh anything anything under uh, 10% is a session beer. So uh, <laughs> typically typically wow. uh, typically any beer any beer that I'm not drinking on a weekend is a session beer and that includes stouts and my wife keeps telling me there's no such thing as a session stout and I keep telling her that anything under 10% is a session stout, but I mean, you know, if you, you drink <laughs> it in one session,
1: then it does become a session beer. <laughs> I mean, I know that's not the definition. Hey, but that, like, that, that's, that's the p- definition I like.
0: <laughs> that, that 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 sounds like a winner to me. <laughs> but yeah, so 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 uh, this one, uh, the uh, um is is a traditional European style lager. Um It's going to be uh, a pale, pale golden color, medium carbonation. Um, it should have it should have uh, like a bready. A bready aroma to it, um, because unlike uh, like check loggers and things like that, uh, this one they tend to leave uh, a little bit. Uh, well, check loggers do the same thing; they leave a little bit uh, of uh, the unfermented ch- sugars in it still, so it gets a little bit of a more of a, a body to it, a little more mouthfeel. Um, it should have a slightly bitter finish and maybe a little bit of spice and possibly a, a tad bit of caramel flavor to it.
2: Sounds delightful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this this is I mean, this is one of those beers that would be absolutely fantastic if you're having a barbecue and uh you just wanted something light but you but you didn't want one of the macros. You know, you wanted something uh, that was a little different. Uh, I mean, granted it is owned by a macro company, um, but the the, the actual beer itself, if you were to get the, the true Ukrainian version, would still would still be a a better choice than say a, a Miller or a Bud things like that at least in my opinion did, i mean if you're in if you're into those beers hey more power to you but uh, <laughs> that's not what this show's about
1: <laughs> did Did you get this at um you know like a, a local grocery store did you have to go to a specialty shop for it where did you find it uh
0: so so here in ontario the liquor laws are rather draconic and archaic and uh, we <laughs> have to go to special stores to get okay. uh uh, any any alcohol, though they are starting to lighten up now. You can start getting some lower lower tier beers and ciders in grocery stores, but uh, we have a store called the LCBO, which stands for the Liquor Control Board of Ontario. Very original name, that's, that's uh, and that's, that's where you go to get all your craft beer and your whiskey and. Uh, it's very much. I don't know if you've ever bought uh, alcohol in like Pennsylvania or things like that. Uh, the the liquor laws there are very similar, where it's specialized stores yeah. for liquor, specialized stores for beer. I mean, we actually have they actually have a chain, the uh, government controlled chain up here called the Beer Store.
1: Nice. <laughs> it's just white lettering, <laughs> just like you walk in, the guys like you want a beer? Good, because that's all we sell. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> badly right. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. I mean, we're we're familiar with. Um,
1: I know the, the liquor laws in kind of Virginia. Um Kyle's from Alabama, so those uh we're familiar with those kind of draconian um alcohol sales perspectives for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean I came I came from Illinois where it's the wild west where you can go into a, a damn CVS uh, pharmacy and get booze. Or you can go to your your gas station or your grocery store or the convenience mart on the corner, you know. Coming up here was a big shock. What do you mean there's only one place where I can go get my booze?
1: Right. (laughs) We've got uh, listeners in Wisconsin that are like, "Um, you have to go to a special store? We just, you know, walk in anywhere. We're like, "Uh, give me a six-pack of that. And, you know, it's already cold. Everything's good to go. And uh, you just go home and enjoy yourself.
0: Yeah, that's the way it was in Illinois too. Uh, yeah. Where I lived, I lived about uh, thirty minutes from the uh, Wisconsin border. So yeah, going up to Wisconsin for beers was was uh, was was not unheard of. You know, I had friends <laughs> that lived just over the border, and sure. we'd uh, we'd we'd go back and forth because yeah, the whole Midwest is like that, really. I mean, uh, I mean, what you know, else is there? The to do? booze flows. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, you, you got so, snow for the half the year. So what else are you gonna do other than drink? Sounds right. Sounds right.
0: right. You got to drink. That, that's exactly it. I mean, uh, like I was saying uh, before we started recording, you know, it was uh, it was uh, about three degrees Celsius here, which is uh, which is about 37 degrees Fahrenheit. But it was nice and sunny. So it was, you know, uh, in the sun, it felt it felt more like it was in the upper 40s. Uh, which was nice. I was able to get outside today and uh, you know, I had a beer at lunchtime, sitting outside for a few minutes before it got uh, before the sun got uh, eclipsed by a cloud and it got cold again. But uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> another another couple months, it'll be really nice up here, and I'll be able to open the pool again.
2: Nice. Uh, did we ever close the pool? Well, I don't know. I mean, we had a breeze come through today. I think it knocked it down to like eighty four. Ooh, crisp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, <exactly> like- <laughs>
1: Actually, I did wear a sweater today. No kidding. Yeah, I was I was a little uh, a little chilled.
0: Wow, <laughs> I know it's that that AC oh. crank. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and for people who might be wondering, where are you guys generally located at?
2: We are in Central Florida, the Sunshine State.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, Central Florida. Yeah, the Sunshine. I was actually in Orlando in uh, February for work, oh, very uh, nice. and it was it was fantastic. I was I was able to. Uh, I was able actually to get up in the morning and go for a run without uh, wearing six layers of clothing. And, and uh, you know, I got up, I got up at 5 a.m. and it was like, you know, uh, it was like 65 degrees out. And I'm like, this is absolutely fantastic. Shorts and T-shirts and away I go, you know. And it was funny because I was out and I was running at this time in the morning, even though I, I know I don't look like your typical runner, but uh, I, I, I do run however slow it is. Uh, I saw a guy wearing a goddamn puffy coat and, 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 uh, and, uh, and, uh a, a hat and it's 65 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm like, what, what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh,
1: that guy's a Floridian. <laughs> it's really funny. Like, I mean, that's kind of like the joke around here is like, you can always, you can always spot someone from up North. Um, you know, you can always spot a Canadian cause it's like, you can, it's, It's January. Why are you in the water at the beach? What's going on here? You can always spot the Floridians. Like it's 65, but they're just bundled up. They've got like hoodies on and parkas. They're sitting like, God, it's so damn cold.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Whereas people people from from anywhere north of uh of, like, Tennessee, or like, man, this beautiful. This is what beautiful weather, and I'm gonna wear shorts and flip flops and sit out on the beach and drink okay. beer. And
1: well, see, that's, the, that's the irony. I don't know if you look down at this guy's feet, but he was probably wearing flip flops. Like, he, he had, like, his whole body was covered in six layers of, of just parka, but he was wearing flip flops.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, so what do you guys typically talk about on your podcast?
2: So generally our format is we, we start with a drink of some sort. Uh, we tend to lean whiskey, but um, we, we definitely, we go to local breweries to do episodes. Um, so we're definitely not you know adverse to, to beer or tequila or gin or whatever. We, but we, we always start with the drink uh, to kick off the episode and then we, we pick topics that can range from movies to philosophy to um, you know, teaching to anything. Like we, we, we try to not pigeonhole ourselves too specifically to any one genre because you know, the, our, our, our podcast started out of conversations that we would have at lunch together. And we liked that how you know, one day to the next, our conversations would evolve over such a broad variety of topics. And we just kind of wanted to keep that going. On the podcast,
0: you, you got a problem with niche podcasts like ones about beer? I see how it is. No.
1: <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> we, just, we just knew that that was already out there. Yeah, and, and, and that, you yeah. Know, that's it. That's the point. Like we we know that there are are people that are niche that do talk about specific things, and we're like, you know, we're not experts in any one thing, um, but we like to have conversations with each other, and we like to talk about a wide variety of topics. So let's see what happens. And and so far it's, it's been, um, you know, well-received. It's been a lot of fun and, um, we, we like plugging away at it.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, I know, I know that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in a sea of a ton of other people that uh, talk about beer. Uh, but I, I try and make my show more of more, uh, feel like more like it's just a couple of people sitting around shooting the shit about beer. Totally. Um, I try and throw I try and throw a few facts in there now and again, you know, but uh like uh like <clears throat> like the proper serving temperature for, for this style of beer that I have is between 40 and 45 degrees Fahrenheit. And the typical glassware would be a fluted style. Although I am using a modified <laughs> fluted style. <laughs> see see how I slip those facts in there nice good. and easy? Oh, like,
1: <laughs> I, I was gonna say something like beer's wet.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: just, I do. Hair. I do know a few more things than that. I was just going to start well, with ages,
0: so. so 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 I'm a I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a beer nerd. I Have been sure. for a long time. Um, I've actually taken uh, I've taken steps towards getting my uh, my certifications. I'm I'm a, I'm a level one uh, prudhomme certified, which right. is uh, the Canadian equivalent of a cicerone. cicerone right. um, yeah. So, so I, tend to, I tend to speak about the flavors and, and try and and try and relate what the flavor of a beer is. So if people who don't know or who might be a little bit scared to try something, I'd be like, oh, no, here's what it kind of tastes like, or here's the flavor profile you're going to get, or, or here's something it might pair well with for food so that people can get a, a good idea and try and get them to step outside that, that uh, comfort zone that they have of, of the Millers and, and, and the Coors and things like that.
1: No, I mean, uh, we jest, but that's that's exactly what we do as well. You know, we'll, we'll take a drink. Um, and I think like over the last, you know, we're in year four, but Kyle and I have been having these conversations and have been uh, kind of ensconced in the world of uh, spirits and beverages for, for quite some time. So, you know, we'll start with that drink, like Kyle mentioned, and we'll talk about, you know, what, what did we get out of this? You know, this is a, let's say it's a, you know, $30 bottle of, you know, x whiskey or whatever you know what are we getting out of this um what are the notes on the nose what are the notes on the palate? what are the notes on the finish and is this bottle worth that price you know is this is this something that we would recommend other people go try as well
0: gotcha <laughs> I, I like to do that too um like uh when i was in when i was in orlando we hit uh um oh i can't remember the name of it. abc liquors or something mm-hmm. like that um and, uh, I'm up at, uh, I'm grabbing some craft beer from, from, from them, uh, to, to take back to my hotel room and at the cash, they had this, uh, like, you know, those little, those little, like, uh, flask size bottles of whiskey, you know, they're, they're, I don't know what they're like, uh, like six ounces or something like that. You know, those, right. not, not the, not the little, like, uh, not the mini bar size, but like that neck size between, be, before you actually get to like, uh to uh to yeah, like a real size bottle of whiskey
1: like
0: yeah yeah like a 300 mil bottle and they had the, <laughs> they had a bourbon uh, i don't remember the name of it they had a bourbon at the cash a 300 mil bottle for five bucks oh. i'm like oh my god this is, this has got to be terrible i have to try it <laughs> 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 and and it was it was terrible i mean it was like drinking paint thinner uh, i don't remember the name of it That's but i poured myself thing. uh yeah, I poured I poured myself uh, a double, and I'm sitting in my hotel room watching TV. Uh, it was sci-fi or something like that. And I take a drink of it, and I literally shuddered. I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> and then I walked over to the to the little sink, and I poured the glass and the rest of that bottle down the drain. <laughs> that was your experience. But but I had to try it. I'm like uh, yeah. a five dollar bourbon. I gotta try this. I know it's gonna be terrible, but I gotta try it.
1: Uh, yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> unfortunately, there are a lot of $5 bourbons, um, some
2: are palatable. They're, They're hard, are. To <laughs> hard to recommend. It's hard to, to find one that's a recommended one.
0: <laughs> They're hard to recommend. <laughs> are you on the skids? Has your life completely bottomed <laughs> out? Well, try this $5 <laughs> bourbon. we <laughs> oh, drink for
1: you. Are you just drinking to forget? Well, here you go. Because, <laughs> uh.
0: That's that why you drinking to forget. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're not
0: quite sure. What excellent, excellent. Right, so so tell me, uh, you're drinking your peroni there. What kind of flavor does peroni have? If people haven't tried it,
1: so oh, for me, putting you on
0: the spot. No, no, putting no, putting on the spot. You're
1: totally good. Uh, for me, on the nose, it's um, it's light, like it's floral. There's a really nice uh, freshness to it. It almost reminds me if anyone's had like a a Rattler, um, you know, that that German kind of classic grapefruit or lemonade, just easy, super easy drinking beer. It reminds me of that without the lemonade, just really bright, fresh. Um,
2: I'd say a little bit malty on the nose too. That's what I've always been impressed with about Peroni is that for the light beer that it is, I feel like it has far more upside on the flavor yeah. than what you normally would get in a light beer. Um, the, the maltiness, there's a sweetness that comes through um, almost like a, like a wheat kind of a flavor to mm-hmm. it, but um, very
1: like bready, but not like a heavy, like, like a heavy Irish soda bread, but bready, like a light, like almost like brioche maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Sourdough.
0: Wonder bread. Oh.
1: Ooh. There's, there's <laughs> other bread than wonder bread. That's, that's basically <laughs> how I was trying to get at <laughs>
0: It's got it's got a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful palette. It, it tastes of of uh craft singles and wonder bread. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. That's right. It's an American staple. I mean, it's an Italian staple. <laughs> <Is> it Italian?
1: <laughs> now we kinda um we talk about beers like this, and I, I know that before we started recording um back and forth, we were talking about like the easy drinking nature of this. Sometimes we characterize beers as like lawnmower beer. Like this is a beer. Yes. That afterwards, you could very easily, you know, you're taking a break while you're mowing the lawn. It's hot. You're parched. I'm going to drink this. And it's it's, um, it's easy going. There's nothing that is it's refreshing. Uh, yeah, it's refreshing. There's nothing challenging about it. Yeah. Um, if, if you want to have a few, you're going to be just fine doing it, so.
0: Yeah, well, and that's the whole point of the of the light beer. I mean, it's designed to be easy drinking. It's designed to be thirst quenching, and designed so you can have a few and not one feel wrecked, and two, not feel as guilty about drinking more than one or two of them. Right. Um, and they are great for lawn mowing. Like, uh, there's one, there's a the brewery up here called Nickelbrook uh, out of Burlington, Ontario, that makes a, a blonde ale called Cause and Effect, one of my favorite light beers. I think it comes in at like 4.5%. It it's got decent flavor because it's not just your typical light, it's a it's a blonde ale. So it's got a little bit it's got a little bit of a caramel flavor to it and a little bit of toasty breadness uh in in the flavor. But I have been known to grab a sixteen ounce can, which is you know, <clears throat> four hundred and seventy three milliliters for those of us in the metric world, and uh mm-hmm. throw it in the cup holder of my lawnmower while I'm doing the lawn and, and drive around drinking beer. Right way to do Keep those lines yeah, nice and, and there's actually <laughs> nothing wrong with that. No. No. <laughs> but but I've also been known to uh, to take a, a a can the same size can of say a barrel aged imperial stout and drink that while I'm mowing the lawn too. So <laughs> that,
1: that's kind of a running joke on on the podcast is that my dad give him like a, a Baltic porter, give him you know like a, a some sort of imperial stout, and he is. He is set. Like he He's ready for the beach. Yeah, absolutely. He he um he doesn't live here in Florida anymore, but he visited a little while ago and it's you know, it's the height of summer, it's like a hundred degrees, nine thousand percent humidity. We go to a local brewery <laughs> and he's like, Um, you guys got any Imperial Stouts? And I'm like, Dad, it is legitimately like an oven outside. He's like, I don't, just love it. So like the man is, is outside sweating to death, drinking this just thick, I mean delicious Imperial stout, but I'm like, not the time or place, man.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, no. drink, drink what your, you want. Your, like, your, de- your dad's right. That you know <laughs> I, I'm the same way. It can be it could be uh it could be 95 degrees Fahrenheit outside in the blazing sun, and given the choice between, say, a blonde ale or a barrel-aged imperial stout, I'm gonna pick that goddamn stout every goddamn time. <laughs> <laughs> i oh, mean so good. I, there there's a there's a brewery out of uh, uh about three hours north of here in gravenhurst ontario called sawdust city that makes uh makes my f- one of my favorite imperial stouts uh on a regular basis it's called the blood of cthulhu so it's uh it's an imperial stout uh with cherry and cranberry wow and it's absolutely fantastic comes in at like nine and a half percent So it's it's technically a session beer (laughs) Um, and and I buy I buy a case of it at a time Um, and and that way that way because they make it once a year. So I buy a case sometimes two, So I make sure I have enough to get me until the next time that they make it. And because it's Imperial, it sticks around long enough and doesn't doesn't go off on flavors and things like that but I have been known to be sitting out on the deck while we're having a barbecue. And I've got, you know, I've got my tulip glass with my Imperial stout while everyone else is sitting there drinking blonde ales and lagers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's so good. Oh man.
0: Yeah. I love, I love big beers. Um, and I've done, I don't know. Uh, I've done a total of, I think I've done a total of like 90 episodes of my show and I think there's probably 20 of them that are on stouts, Imperial stouts, Baltic porters, <laughs> because it seems like it's funny every time I'm like, so, uh, cause I, I typically let my guests decide what we're going to talk about. What kind of, what style of beer, because I want to know what people like, you know, right. and I want to, I want to talk about what other people like, because if it was me, you know, it'd be things like barrel aged stouts and, and barley wines and Baltic porters and, <laughs> and, and, and things of that nature all the time. But, uh, you know, and it's funny how many people have said, "Well, oh, I love stouts and porters, and and I love barrel aged beers, and I love barley wines." And I'm like, "Cool." I was kind of hoping people other than me, would, you know, <laughs> other would have other things to talk about other than the same beers I right. drink all the time.
1: <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if you've seen it, Rob, but there's this like really cool uh, image. It's like that um, evolution of man image, you know, the, the one that starts with like um you know ape and then goes all the way up to you know human kind of thing and it's it's like it's actually the evolution of a beer drinker and it starts with like your your you're kind of Michelob Ultra Bud Light and then you go through the stages of like IPA and IPA Baltic Porters Sours and then it ends back up at like Bud Light and Michelob you know something <laughs> like that
0: and, and right
1: like, you know we, we've talked with people I'm like that is so true like I'm, I'm kind of in that stage of like i love all of these beer styles but sometimes i just want something that like is easy drinking That if i want to hang out i want to drink you know a couple at a time i'm not going to feel heavy i'm not going to feel weighed down and that again that's not to say that i think either one of us like we both like all of those styles, styles of beer but it's like okay let's just do something easy drinking
0: oh yeah no i i, I totally i totally agree and i totally get it like you know, uh, like I said, the, the big beers are my favorites. I love, mm. I love uh, uh, barrel aged stouts. I love uh, barley wines. I love barrel aged barley wines, things like that. But lately, uh, I've said this on a couple episodes. Lately, I've really been going back to uh, traditional English style beer. So I've been drinking a lot of bitters, a lot of milds. You know, a lot of ESBS. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, today I just placed an order one of one of the uh, the, the local ish breweries. They're about an hour from me. Uh, called left field they uh they just put out their new their, well not their new they're they're recurring english bitter it's just a standard english bitter I Ordered a case of it because i'm like you know because i've really been leaning back into those and i've been like the next beer i'm going to be brewing is an english strong ale and then after that i'm brewing uh you know like two weeks after i finish that one i'm going to be brewing um a martzen so i can have it ready for uh for next year, uh, for, (laughs) (laughs) because they, you know, they take so damn long to, to lager, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I've, I've really been leaning into those, uh, more traditional styles lately. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's cyclical. So, you know, I'll go through phases where I drink nothing but super heavy, super high ABV beers. And then I go through phases where I'm back down and, you know, like, I love small beers. I don't know if you guys are familiar with small, any small beers, but, um, Small beers are beers that are typically three percent or under. Yep. You know, I love I love some of those old traditional small beers from, from the old English styles. And they're great because it like you can sit around and drink a dozen of them and be like, okay, I had three beers. <laughs> right.
2: Exactly. <laughs> well, and we, we've made the comment on, on the podcast before about, you know, we absolutely love trying all the the more, you know, impactful, flavorful beers, but we're, we're never more excited than when we go to a brewery and we try their Kolsch, and it's amazing. Like, it's it's so surprising, and it, it gets you so excited because, like, if you did that well, I'm pretty confident that y'all can do just about anything right.
0: I'm the same way. Um, the first time I go to a brewery, if they have a Pilsner or a Kolsch in their lineup, or both, those are the ones I try first because if you can make those and because you you can't hide anything in those, if you can make those and they're good, then I'm going to trust that the rest of your beers are going to be at least decent. (laughs) If, if I try your basic, if I try your basic Pilsner or your basic lager or your Kolsch and it tastes like garbage, I'm going to know the rest of your beers are going to taste like garbage. I mean, because it's real. It's real fucking easy to hide mistakes and things like uh, in in hazy IPAs and in and in in big stouts and things like that because the the flavors just overwhelm everything. So it's easy to hide your mistakes. But if you can make a great lager or a great Kolsch, yeah, then then you're a good brewer. You yeah, know yeah. that's that that's the that's the bar. <laughs>
1: and, and to me, like I I do like there's a a, a local brewery kind of. Um, about 45 minutes west of us, Angry Chair, and, and they do kind of like really heavy, big stouts, and, and everything that they do is great in terms of that kind of stuff. But then I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, this is awesome. But yeah, you're right. You can hide behind a lot of things. You can hide behind these big, bold flavors. So what do you do when you've got something that's you know four or five, and you've got a couple of flavor profile notes? Are you able to pull it off? And for them, yes, they are able to pull it off because they, you know, they have really skilled brewers and things like that. Um, but it's, it's, you know, so often you'll go to a brewery and it's like, here, try this thing. I'm like, yeah, but, I mean, all these flavor notes are cool, but what is your, what is your beer? You know, what, what is your flavor profile? Is it, you know, if you, if you can capture that in a Kolsch or in a a pilsner or a light lager or something like that, I'm way more interested in that because. I know, and I'm sure, Rob, you know, too, like, that takes so much skill to pull off and so much brewing knowledge to, like, do that well. I'm, I'm way more interested in that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I, like I said, you know, if uh, if you can do a Pilsner or just your, your run-of-the-mill lager or a Kolsch well, then i will trust that you can do other beer styles well because you can't you you can't hide mistakes if there's a mistake in 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 a pilsner or a kolsch you're going to pick it up you're going to be oh this tastes like cardboard or this tastes like you know you're going to be like yeah no i'm not trying any of your other beers i'm out of here <laughs> right exactly 100% so talking about talking about beers you can hide behind what are your guys' feelings on say Hazy IPAs, you know your New England style IPA. What what what's your opinion on on the the the, the state of the hazy IPA?
1: So for me, um, you know, when the the big IPA boom, um, you know, I, I would say at least around here that IPA boom tended to, happened about ten years ago, give or take. Um, and then it kind of morphed into sours, and now it's in that hazy realm. I I don't mind a hazy. By any means, but I, I think it's one of those um, styles of beer that is overdone. You know, the, the beer craft beer world, the beer world as a whole, it's like they latch onto a style. And I think we're all guilty of this in some realm, but latch onto a style and like now everyone's producing a hazy. So then you've got a, a beer case full of hazies and there's nothing wrong with that, but like, where is the variety? And I mean, for me, I know that there's only so much you can do with that. You know, now you're pushing all these interesting hybrid strains of, of hops and cool, you're playing with flavor profiles, but they all kind of tend to be in that same realm because they're all relatively the same style. So I'm not opposed to them, right? but I think it's just that like the flooding of the market that I'm like,
2: oh, okay, because I, I like a good hazy, but oh, they're everywhere. Yeah, I see it the same way, almost like I see bourbon of like it's kind of hard to find ones that are like unique and special that really stick out that really get you excited they're all just kind of tend to usually be in that same generalized format and so whenever you get one it's it's it fits that mold you're just kind of okay what what do you have that's different what do you have that's exciting
0: yeah one of my biggest complaints is um you go to a brewery and say they have 12 lines on tap, nine of them are IPAs.
1: <laughs> right.
0: I, I mean, I, I you know, I've said this many times. I'm very particular about IPAs. Um, in my world, the only thing that is actually an IPA is an old-school English IPA. Mm-hmm. A hazy IPA is not an IPA. It's a juice beer that for people who, who want to say they like IPAs. And a West coast IPA is for people who've been jilted by too many lovers because <laughs> it's just as bitter as, as you can get. <laughs> but you know, that's one of my biggest complaints is like, uh, I can't remember where I was. I uh, I think it was when I was in Florida. I went, I went into a brewery and they had, they had nine, nine beers on tap and seven of those nine beers were IPAs. I'm like, okay, what if I don't want an IPA? you know well the, well, then your choice is well, we have we have this Pilsner or we have this Irish red. Well, great, but what if I'm in the mood for, say, a stout yeah. <laughs> you know it's like I understand that people like all the different Ipas and I, I feel the same way there's just way too many of the same beer mm. you know, right. everybody's got their hazy IPA and that's fine, but do something unique with it, because I can only say yes. It tastes like grapefruit or mango or guava so many times before I'm like, I'm done with this.
1: <laughs> I think for me, it also is an argument of like that that local beer perspective. You know, when when you visit these kind of what's been established as beer meccas, if you will, of uh, you know Oregon and, and Denver, uh, parts of California, you know Asheville, North Carolina. At least for us here. You know, you have breweries that like, okay, if you want this particular style, that's the brewery you're going to go to. So it's that kind of mentality of, you know, the local IPA brewery is this brewery. So, which I I understand, too, because it's like, well, don't go to that brewery and expect to have an amazing Baltic porter when all they do is is, um, sours. You know, And, and there's breweries that like that's what they specialize in. So for me, it also, that's why I go back to like the beer case. I, I think that it's, a, it's less about the brewery itself. And it's more about like, I want the variety in a store or the variety in that situation where like, you know, I, I've got a couple of different things I can choose from. And that's, that's kind of my problem with Hazy's is like, you, you walk into a beer store or a, a, a store around here anyway, and it's like 90% of the case is Hazy IPAs, again, which are yeah. good, but where's my variety?
0: It's the same here. You know, you go into uh, the to the the liquor store here and ninety percent of the beers are gonna be uh, at least the you know, ninety percent of the, the the local craft beers are gonna be an IPA of some sort, be it West Coast or be it a hazy, because right now up here, West Coast and Hazy's are both the predominant style. Which, okay, you know, I, I know I'm in the minority where, where I like the old school traditional IPAs, but but come on guys. You know, but we do, I do have to say there are several of the brews that, that in addition to those, they do produce on a regular basis. They produce things like golden ales or stouts or English milds. And, and so, so I, I, I do, I do have my choice, but it's a very limited choice relatively compared to the number of IPAs that are in the stores. Yeah.
2: And I mean, I don't, I don't know what, what's it going to take to change that. I don't, I don't even, I don't
0: even see that, that change happening. So- no, it's, it. well, it will change because, because just like everything else in beer, you know, it, it, it'll rise and it'll sit here for a while and then, then taste will change again because that's what always happens. But, you know, it, it won't be gone forever. Uh, even when it goes, it won't actually be gone. It'll just be less, less of a, less uh, present that you know and some other style be the, the new favorite for a while but you it, know it's not going to go away um and and you know it'll come back even harder next time i have a feeling you just like just like always just like everything yeah. you know clothing you know food everything everything goes in cycles so yeah, absolutely all right so so switching topics a little bit let's go let's talk about whiskeys um Scotch versus bourbon. Oh. Which is your favorite?
1: Which of your kids is yeah. your
0: favorite? Yeah. I'm going, I'm asking, <laughs> I'm asking the hard questions.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's funny that you, you just kind of uh, mentioned this idea of, of cycles. And I think for us both, it's, it's that cyclical nature of things. Um, you know, we got our our palates wet, if you will, uh, in, in that bourbon realm. And it's something that we always return back to. Uh, but here lately we're, we're diving deep into scotches, um, more so Irish whiskeys. So it's, it's, it's constant evolution for us. Um, I think Kyle said it best earlier where it's this idea of like, what excites us, you know, are we excited by these kind of standard things? Um, not as much. So what are distillers producing that we find interesting? What expressions can we find that we're like, that is something that is non-traditional, and we like it because of that.
0: So, okay. so, know, so keeping that's, that's that in an answer, <laughs> no, no, no. But keeping that in mind, tell me, tell me, what is your current favorite scotch?
1: Easy for you. <laughs> so my current favorite, uh, my current favorite distillery is Bunahaben, um, which is an Isla scotch. Um, they can, in my mind, almost do no wrong. Uh, they're, cask strength version they, they just came out with their 2023 the 2022 is amazing um i there's what two four six there's like six or eight bottles over on the shelf uh you can't see the shelf it's behind <laughs> us over here uh, but there's easily eight bottles of did i do that math yeah, right okay I see, I see eight. <laughs> okay eight bottles of punahaba it's for me it is it is a distillery
2: that i just love Their products are solid uh for me <clears> um <throat> this this past it was like early winter, but I got, I got finally found a bottle of Kregaliki 13. Uh, um, and it, it's, it's absolutely delicious. Um, so good. <laughs> it's it's very unique. It's very different. But I mean, that that's the, for us anyway, that's like the really great thing about scotch is that it has such a wider profile of what it can be, mm-hmm. the different flavors yep. that you can get out of it, where bourbon tends to be so much more fine-tuned and has a much narrower um you know range that it fits into so there's right just, it seems like there's so much less you can do with it where scotch has such a a wide profile that's it's, it's so much more fascinating to try different things and, and from different regions yeah. and it, it's just so much more interesting it seems like mm-hmm. at least at least where we for are me, right now because then it's it's also so <laughs> welcoming to go back to bourbon <laughs> yeah. after you've been drinking scotch for Three months, right? Come back to a really good bourbon. You're like, nope, that's really nice too. Yeah, that literally happened to me
1: this week. You know, we, like I said, we've been drinking scotches in Irish, and uh, I came back to it to an old favorite. I'm like, damn, this is (laughs) delightful. Where have you been the last three months? Like, oh, on the shelf in the back because I've been drinking scotch.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, so for me right now, I've got two scotches that are vying for my favorite. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, Lagavulin uh because i love that peatiness uh you know that smoky peatiness but then the other one is uh akintoshan oh, uh man. i don't know if you guys yeah no they've got they've got a, a great they've got a great uh i can't remember what the exact label is for it but it's their it's not their base akintoshan it's like the next step up um i can't remember damn it I don't want to have to run upstairs and grab it, but, <laughs> uh, but it, it's, uh, it's absolutely fantastic. And, and, you know, depending on my mood, uh, it, it, am I feeling the smokiness, the peatiness, or do I just want, do I just want that, uh, you know, just a slight bit less of that smoky peatiness uh, would determine that. Um, you said you were t- drinking Irish whiskeys uh, a lot. My favorite Irish whiskey of all uh, that I've come across is writer's tears. I don't know if you guys have had that one or not. Um, I, I, I first tried it when I was over in Ireland a couple of years back. Uh, we were in, we we were in the Irish whiskey museum, uh, (laughs) where, where they offer, they, they have a thing where you can come in at uh, 11 o'clock in the morning for brunch and have whiskey with your brunch and you get to choose which whiskeys you want. And they have like, uh, I think there was like a hundred different Irish whiskeys that they have on hand. um, yeah. And, and it, I was amazed when we came, you know, I loved it cause it was, it had a great flavor profile. Um, it's, it's not overly astringent. Uh, it's got, you know, it, it, it's got that it, it's kind of, kind of the Irish equivalent of the Kentucky hug that bourbon gives you. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and we came home and I went into the LCBO and I'll be damned if it wasn't staring me in the face when I was walking over into the whiskey section. Right. So I've been buying a lot of that one. Um, you know, for bourbons, uh, for me, I don't know, you know, I have, I have trouble deciding on, on a favorite. If I make it, if I'm making, uh, if I'm making old fashions, it's always going to be makers. Um, if, if, if I'm, if I'm just going to have it straight up, I tend to go like for like a blade and bow, um, which is, uh, from, from the bullet, from the bullet, uh, distillery. Uh, my wife loves cask strength bullet. Um, but you know, if I'm looking for something cheap, there's always Evan's, Evan Williams, so that's yeah. one of my one of the go tos as well.
1: Yeah, like, like I said, like you can't see it just because of how we have everything positioned here. Um, but behind you is a, a rather extensive whiskey shelf, and I think for both of us, um, you know, kind of in the, the world of uh, people who talk about whiskey, it's, it's a thing to like highlight everything on your whiskey shelf, and we'll do that occasionally here and there. But for us, it's more about you know the bottle that we're drinking now the conversation that we're having but what you said is is perfect in terms of um you know what strikes my fancy now what am i interested in now like i'll go through um one of my favorite peated scotches is is logable i mean it's it's great but then maybe i want something a little bit harsher so i'm gonna go with Lafroy, and i'll hit the lefroy 10 or what if i want something a little bit more than that i'll go Lafroy cask strength and it just, you know, it, it depends on the mood at the time. Do I want something yep. that's a little more easy going? Do I want something that's going to challenge me? Do I want something really complex? And I think that that's something that we also strive um, to tell our listeners is like, first of all, drink it how you want it, drink what you like, but try other things. You know, yep. and same same with you, you know, talking about beer, don't pigeonhole yourself into blue can beer. You know, there's, there's not <laughs> anything necessarily wrong with that. But try other
2: things.
0: Try and expand
2: your horizons. Yeah, because it's always yep. going to change your perspective on that thing, and just give you a better understanding of what maybe maybe what it is that you like so much about that blue can. You're going to understand that a little bit better from going over there and trying that thing and coming back to it. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree a hundred percent. Like I said, I have nothing against people who who love their Bud Light and the Miller Light, but Step outside your comfort zone. Try something different. You might find something else you like just as well. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: You know, and then it gives you more options. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, fellas, we've we've been talking for about 47 minutes, and this is the part of the show where I say, hey, this is the end of the show. Um, So (laughs) if people people want to try and find you guys, where can they find you on the socials?
2: We're all over the socials. It's always one word, Drep and Stone, D-R-E-P and Stone. You come find us, you like us, you you like a thing, you share a thing, comment on a thing, and we'd appreciate all those things. <laughs> I can't say anything better than that. And
0: and I assume I assume your podcast is able to be found everywhere that podcasts are able to be found.
1: <laughs> everywhere that you can find great podcasts, you can find Drep and Stone. Again, D-R-E-P and Stone. <laughs>
0: awesome guys it's been it's it's been great talking to you and and you know as always i'm rob from internet cheers cheers
2: cheers